cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is cliffcentral.com. I'm Michael Jackson, and this program, because I'm a global conference speaker, is all about the people that I'm lucky enough to meet on my travels as a conference speaker around the world. I get to meet speakers who do the job that I do, uh, authors, entrepreneurs, multimillionaires, celebrities, you name it. And Gareth Cliff and I figured that it would be a really cool thing for you to meet them as well. So my guest today is a fellow speaker, I'm delighted to tell you, and he's a man who has an all-consuming passion for Africa. I want to introduce you to Dr. Rotendo Windingwe. Now, he is... An associate director of Deloitte, he's part of a technology and outsourcing team like a strategic business unit, offering technology solutions to companies across Africa. There's a reason for me telling you that, because in a previous operation, he's overseen stuff across the African continent. And I mean real Africa, beyond the borders of where we are broadcasting from in South Africa as well. Um, He's really studied Africa loud and proud, and he's a really phenomenal supporter of development on the African continent, as long as you do it properly. I recently saw him on stage in Johannesburg talking about the famous rumble in the jungle, the George Foreman and Ali fight, and using examples of that to talk about what you need to do when you're approaching the continent of Africa for business. Maybe he'll share a bit of that with us as well. Joining us from Skype, Dr. Rotendo, somewhere in Pretoria at the moment, I understand. Was that a fair introduction, Rotendo? Does that work for you? Yes, it does, Michael, and thank you again for allow me the time to come and chat with you. Uh, Definitely, I've got an insatiable passion for Africa in terms of seeing uh, its its greatest resource, it being its people, uh, capitalizing on the opportunities and the resources that are there, just like any continent in the rest of the world. Well, I understand you also did a PhD in international business strategy at WITS, where your topic was the impact of institutional factors on the strategy of multinational companies in emerging African markets. That's power. But, Rotendo, to start with, what I first wanted to ask you, sir, was that, you know, maybe I did it myself in the intro. It's almost weird that people in South Africa talk about Africa like it's somewhere else without realizing that we in South Africa are Africans as well. Common mistake? Yes, that's very true. Sorry, Michael. Is that what I was going to say? It's a common mistake. So, I mean, how do you address that when you're talking about that as an issue? No, it's, it's very true. And I think what brings it to light, I mean, the reality is that is there is that as a, in terms of quality of life relative to the rest of the African continent, um, South Africa is obviously much well advanced or much more advanced than any of those countries. But I think in reality is that we are one country, we are one continent, different countries, different cultures. And I think the fascination that I have is that when I travel into the different countries, because myself as an individual, I was born and bred in Zimbabwe. I'm based in South Africa, but I've had responsibilities over Africa, reaching out to East and West Africa uh, for a period of time, and over, obviously going into North Africa also to a certain extent. And during my period of, of experiencing the different cultures and dynamics in Africa, you realize, you realize that as much as we are unique, uh, at the same time, uh, we are one. So when I do go across into diff- different African countries, um, I realize I'm in a different nation, but in, a diff- in the same continent. And I think that for me is, is the underlying drive in terms of my passion for Africa. We're unique, but at the same time, we're the same. 
I watched you walk on stage at a function recently where you were wearing boxing gloves and you were talking about this rumble in the jungle, the famous battle, Foreman Ali, in Zaire, in Zaire, which is now, of course, the DRC. But I remember that well. Why did you choose to use that as your conference opening? What was the analogy you were hoping to draw there? Uh, you know, Michael, when you look at that fight, and uh, I wasn't even born at the time of that uh, f- uh, at the time of that fight. But when I started that fight, and you looked at all the dynamics of the fight, you have two of the world's best boxers um, uh, at the time, uh, Muhammad Dali and George Foreman, uh, and they were made to fight in Africa where they'd never ever fought before. Now them coming to Africa, they fought in a city called Kinshasa, which is uh, ironically right smack bang in the middle of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight was sponsored or partially sponsored by a dictator of Africa. Uh, at the time, his name was Mobuto Sesaseko. He put aside 10 million US dollars. And these are the dynamics of Africa. You've got, it's a unique environment. Uh, it's unique, especially for people coming from outside Africa, trying to do business here. It's unique. It's got challenges. It provides opportunity. And when you look at how Muhammad Ali, who was the underdog, beat George Foreman, uh, some of the key contributing factors was that he, under- he won the hearts of the people. So prior to the fight, uh, the people were loving him because he spent time with them. He understood their culture, understood that this is different. Even in the boxing ring, he changed his approach. Uh, he knew to beat George Foreman. He had to use the rope dope technique, which was named because of him. So this was, for me, an excellent analogy to use in order to illustrate how when you come into the African market, uh, we are an emerging continent, but we're not the same as China. We're not the same as Brazil or, or South America uh, or any of those regions. And because of that, it was an excellent opportunity to align that analogy to the African strategy. So Ali got up close and personal and understood the marketplace. It was almost as if George Foreman, the world champion at the time, went in and felt that, hey, everything he was was everything he would be and didn't bother to work closely in the local market, understand the people, their culture, their customs. And he got taught a nasty lesson. Is that a, is that a kind of multinational company-style approach, the old foreman-style approach? I'm going to roll in there because I'm a giant and I'm good enough to do what I do. A hundred percent, and you're on point there, Michael. It's exactly, and a lot of people have made that mistake. And I think in the space that I play in, I, in terms of technology, I've worked for the multinational. I'm currently working for one of the big four auditing firms. I've worked for, for Sage, which is a multinational business management software company doing business in Africa. And I come across a lot of multinationals or companies in Africa wanting to go into Africa with that mindset. And the ones that have been successful uh, have applied an adaptive strategy. And the ones that have been unsuccessful to a large extent is because they don't understand or take into heart the uniqueness of Africa and adapt their strategy to accommodate that. So I understand as a professional conference speaker as well. I mean, you're awesome on stage. So I understand your desire to, you know, to share your African knowledge at that level. But you began our podcast interview a little earlier by saying your passion is really the people. Is that what drove you to become a conference speaker? And why people? What's the story there, Rutendo? I think if you look at, you know, I've sat down and I've looked at, at Africa. I mean, I'm, I'm, obviously I'm born in Africa. I'm, I, I work in Africa. So I'm African just as much as uh, you could say you're African as well, um, Michael. I'm an so adopted African, race. proudly. You're an adopted African. But you're my brother from another mother. Let's put it that way. Thank you, Mabut. 
<laughs> but uh, I think at the end of the day, when you when you look at this, is that uh, you you look at Africa with all its resources, with all its challenges. But I think the greatest resource in Africa, we've got a billion people, a billion people that can make an impact in a positive way. So no matter how many resources we have, no matter how much wealth we have, no matter how much intellect we have, at the end of the day, it's the people that will make a difference in Africa. And uh, we are going through different challenges in different countries. But at the end of the day, for Africa to rise up and be successful as a continent in whatever aspect, um, the people are going to be key. So when I share my, in terms of multinationals coming to Africa or adapting their strategy or co- coming to the African market, at the end of the day, I'm wanting to have this vision to see the exponential growth of Africa harvested by its own people. Look, I think when people think of the African continent and the one billion people living on it, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is generally poverty. The second one is corruption. And I can see that from the outside why those views occur. Are you focusing, (coughs) pardon me, away from that more in the entrepreneurial space, which is kind of inbred into Africans, as well as the concept of Ubuntu, as we call it here, that, you know, we are one, we are together, we are working together to uplift. Where where do you see the, the, the differences at either end of the spectrum? Excellent. You know, Michael, I, I think I actually cut across all of those, but I think to give an example based on what you've highlighted, one of the biggest challenges, for example, is health in Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a big problem with, with, with health, and I think we're under-resourced. We don't have the right resources, the right finances. Now, as a multinational, there's opportunity there because at the end of the day, if you're able to bring a solution from a health perspective to the African continent as a multinational business, Bear in mind that the governments that are there, at the end of the day, as much as there's politics, as much as there's a crisis, a leadership crisis, the governments or the leaders of Africa, albeit a few, are wanting their people to be better off. So as a multinational, if you're able to realize here's a problem and say, but this problem, let us turn it on its head and create it as an opportunity and come and say, I'm coming into Africa, I'm going to establish a business, but at the same time, I'm going to be responsible and work with the government in terms of facilitating for that. And if you, real, if you look at the corporate social um, investment strategy or the, corp, the, the CSI strategy across companies now, they are being forced in order to line and think that way. So all I'm just doing is trying to be able to be one of those many voices on the continent that say Africa has problems, but those problems also offer opportunity for companies to work with people and leadership in, t- in terms of taking Africa to the next level. Yeah, so I get it. All that you've said is I'm, an ingredient for all of those things. You know, I hear you strongly. I was in, the, I was in Europe a couple of weeks back and, and talking to the marketing director of a 200 billion euro organization. And they were busy showing at their conference the map of the world and where they were and all the rest of it. Africa was a huge glaring exception on this massive business process reengineering company's website. And I said to the marketing director afterwards, a Frenchman, I said to him, Monsieur, you know, why not Africa? Why not come and, and help and build and re-engineer? And he said to me in this French Gallic way with a shrug of the shoulders, you know, Mr. Jackson, there's just too much corruption there. We are a clean hands company. How do we start to change that mindset, Ritenda? Now, you bring a very valid point to the table, Michael. And I think, for me, one of the key elements is that it's going to, it's going to require leadership, it's going to require a certain 
critical mass of key leaders who are able to start at the top because a fish, when a fish rots, you know, it starts off at the head, unfortunately. So as much as I want the exponential growth of, of resources and business in Africa, uh, at the end of the day, leadership will play a key part. But leadership is not just saying our presidents, it's not just saying our kings or our monarchs are responsible for it. Leadership actually starts by each person taking responsibility for their action. And if we get to a critical mass, I believe that rising in Africa, there's a critical mass or a generation that will have a critical mass of leaders that will get to a point where they're able to influence a greater majority. And I mean, the reality is whether you go to Europe, whether you go to Asia, whether you go to, to Australia, there is corruption in of those course. countries. Of course. But the development uh, overseas uh, highlights, oversees the, the, the corruption. And I think in Africa, when we get to that stage, it's, it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard, but if people like Nelson Mandela were able to achieve it and leave a glimpse of hope in the African continent, what more if we get two or three other leaders in Africa like that? And there's no doubt that business is certainly more ethical than many of the African governments. I mean, you work with a lot of high-profile businesses that are going into Africa, and they're ethical, and they've got clean hands, and they can operate well and successfully because people like yourself, uh, Dr. Rotendo, are getting in there and making change happen. I mean, I love what you're doing. I think it's awesome. The fact that you've turned it into a, a, a speaking opportunity as well for people who are interested in trading with Africa. You know, you need to go and see Dr. Rotendo Windingwe give his speeches. It's phenomenal bloody stuff. Are you getting a lot of pleasure out of doing that, Rotendo? Ah, oh, yes, I do. I get total satisfaction. I think for me, um, I believe that I might be a small voice, but the fact that what I say and that what I say has to align, obviously, to what I do. But I get satisfaction with it because I think through the speaking, through the motivation, through the encouragement, through the testimony, you are able to motivate other people to do the same or even better. Uh, and that's the key thing. You're putting people on your shoulders, telling people it can be done. And the more people we, who are saying that and the more people who are collectively saying that, uh, the more of an impact it will have on this on this beautiful continent of Africa. And I think that's fantastic and more power to you. I know that you do this in your own personal capacity when you go out and speak at conferences. You're not representing one of the big four firms, um, but that's not a problem either. So I can't give out your work email address or a personal website for you because you're busy developing one at the moment. We've got about 20 seconds left. Just give us how people get hold of you, uh, Dr. Rotendo, because I'm sure a lot of people will want to follow up with you. Yeah, thank you for that, Michael. Definitely, people can get me at the Unique Speakers Bureau. Uh, so the website should be www.uniquespeakersbureau.com uh, uh, or just Google Unique Speakers Bureau based here in, um, in South Africa, Johannesburg. If you contact them, uh, they've got all my details uh, and they'll be able to direct you. And then we can, I would, I would love to come and talk to you, whether you're a company, an organization wanting to expand into the African market. Awesome. Those are the words of Dr. Rotendo Windingwe. A real pleasure having you on the show. So time is against us, so I've got to say farewell. But we'll have you back when you've been up into Africa a little bit more. In the next few podcasts, we'll call you back in and say, hey, come and chat with us some more. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much indeed, sir. And from me and my guest, this is In Conference with Michael Jackson. Cliffcentral.com.